Moses is in chapter 32 on Mount Sinai (laughs) receiving the Ten Commandments from God. You'll remember those were preached on last fall. Pastor Jeff asked me to help him with, I don't know if this says about him or me, but I came and helped on thou shalt not murder, do not kill. (laughs) Moses is there receiving from God the Ten Commandments. The Israelites are down below. They had been uh, in Egypt for captivity, and now they had come to this place preparing to go into the promised land. And they're down below Mount Sinai. Moses and Joshua are up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments from God. And 40 days and 40 nights have passed, and these people, several million people, became impatient because God had taken their leader Moses away for some time. So they created a golden calf. Aaron, Moses' brother, suggested they pitch in all of their gold, melt it, and they formed it into a golden calf. And they began to worship this golden calf and declare that this calf was the God that had delivered them from Egypt and from this point forward was going to be the God that they would worship. Ironic, isn't it, how humanity continues to try and replace God with gods of their own? We try and replace the living God with pleasure, with possessions, with people, with relationships, all of which are good, but when they're put above the place of God in our lives, they become a little G-O-D. They were dancing around this golden calf, praying to it, partying, and scripture says they were out of control and running wild. Can you see this picture in your mind? Several million people down below, Moses is up receiving the Ten Commandments, and they've created an image of a golden calf that they are worshiping. Moses and Joshua come down from the mountain and hear the ruckus that's happening Moses takes the Ten Commandments, throws the tablets down. Seeing the sin of the people, he has the golden calf ground up, put in their water, and makes them drink it. (laughs) Moses then addresses the people, and he says this to them, whoever is for the Lord, come over here. (laughs) And then about 3,000 of the people are executed on the spot. The next morning, Moses goes back up the mountain and asks God to forgive the great sin of the people. And he says, God, if you won't forgive them, please blot my name out of the written book. Reminds me of a prayer of Paul in the New Testament that said, if it were possible that he would be accursed, that the people of Israel could come to know Jesus, he would be willing to do that. And here we find Moses saying, Lord, if it's possible to forgive them, take my name out of your book. Well, then God strikes the people with a plague for their sin of disobedience. And in Exodus 32 and 33, God tells Moses, my anger, if you go through Exodus 32 and 33, you'll see repeatedly God says, my anger is burning against these people. And they are stiff-necked folks. Now, that's not a description you want to hear God say of you, that you are stiff-necked. Well, this is the background of God. Moses' bold prayer that he asks of God. 
in Exodus 33. Exodus 33, verse 7 is where we'll pick up. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. God had told them to make a a tabernacle. And Moses took his tent, and everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Moses had instituted and initiated a determined effort to seek God by obeying his instruction to build this tabernacle. And Moses had made his own tent the tabernacle of meeting. Verses 8 through 10 go on to say, Whenever Moses went out to the tent, walking through the camp, all the people would rise up, and each one would stand at their tent door and watch Moses until he'd walked out of the camp, out to the tent. And then when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of a cloud would come and descend and stand on the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. After they left Egypt, there was a a, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day that would lead them. And this cloud comes and descends over this tabernacle, this tent. And the people knew, verse 10 says, when they saw this pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up, go to their tent, and they would worship the Lord, knowing that Moses was there receiving instruction, meeting with the Lord. The people watched and noticed when Moses worshipped. When Moses worshipped, they also worshipped. Moses prompted the people to draw close to God by his own example of pursuing God. Verse 11 then tells us, Thus the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Isn't that beautiful imagery? That God would speak to Moses as a friend. Moses was called throughout Scripture a friend of God. Moses first encountered God earlier in the desert. He was a shepherd watching sheep, and as he's watching these sheep, he comes across a butane bush, a bush that is burning, (laughs) but is not being consumed. And if that's not odd enough, the bush speaks to him and says, Moses, Moses, Take off your shoes. The land which you are standing upon is holy ground. And then God tells Moses, I have an assignment just for you. I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I've heard the cry of my people, and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So Moses had encountered the voice of God in the burning bush, and now God is with him in the tabernacle, the tent. Numbers chapter 12 gives us an unique insight into this relationship that Moses had with God. Numbers 12, 68 says, Hear my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him with a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth clearly, and not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord." Moses enjoyed this unique relationship with God, and however, Moses could not see the actual face of God. John wrote in 1 John 4, verse 12, no one has ever seen God. And so it's from this background of the children of Israel, their disobedience, the golden calf, the the, the giving of the Ten Commandments, and the tabernacle where 
Moses would go out and meet with the Lord, that we see this bold prayer that Moses gives us as an example for 2023 for us to pray. And I want to challenge you to um, boldly ask God for these three things that Moses asked of the Lord. The first thing that Moses asked the Lord was to teach us your ways. Verses 12 and 13 of Exodus 33, Moses says to the Lord, See you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you. In order to find favor in your sight, consider too that this nation is your people. Moses was beginning this prayer by asking God to show him his ways, to provide direction for his life. Missionary Hudson Taylor, a missionary from generations before, said, we can make our plans and try to carry them out in our own strength, or we can uh, carefully make our plans and then say, God, will you please bless these plans that I've made? Or, as Hudson Taylor said, a better option is to say, God, I want to know what your plans are, and I offer myself to you to carry those out for your purposes. Here Moses is asking God to show him his ways. Scripture has much to say about God's plans. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a, a conditional promise. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't try and prop yourself up with your own wisdom. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, acknowledge God, and he will make straight or he will direct your paths. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. What a wonderful promise that God wants to show us his ways. Romans 8, 28, Paul said, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And verse 29 tells us what God's purpose is, and that purpose is for us to be formed and created and becoming the image as an image bearer of, of, of Jesus Christ and conform to his image. So ask God this year, friends, in a bold way for him to show you his ways. Maybe it's in the area of a family relationship. Maybe it's something in your career where you need God to show you what he has for you or in your personal finances or your free time or your not-so-free time. In your relationships, all of those things, asking God to show you his ways. And so as we begin this new year, let me encourage you to pray Moses' bold prayer. Lord, teach me your ways. Next, Moses goes on and he asks God in this bold prayer, guarantee us your presence. Exodus 33, 14 to 17, and he, that's God, God says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses answers back to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. 
For Moses, it wasn't enough that God said, I'm promising you this land, the promised land that I'm going to give you. Moses said, God, if you're not going to go up with me, I'm going to stay right here because your presence is here. Moses so desired the presence of God that he did not want to move one inch unless God would guarantee that he would go with him. God told Moses that his presence would provide rest. Anybody here need more rest in 2023? You know, there's a thought that people think if you burn the candle at both ends, maybe you're getting more done, but you're not as bright as you think you are when you do that. And rest is something that God promises to us that we can experience in his presence. Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Psalm sixteen eleven, a promise says, You make known to me the path of life in your presence, for there is fullness of joy at your right hand, our pleasures evermore. You say, well, John, where, where can I find God's presence? I, I, I so desire to experience the presence of God in 2023. Let me give you several places where I think we can find God's presence. First, in a very unexpected place, in stillness. In stillness. God's word says in Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes I think we have to stop, rev down the RPMs, and just sit and listen, and God wants to speak to us. But we're so busy that we don't take time to hear from him. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 is an imagery. I love it. It's where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And the picture that's used in most of these images that portray this passage of Revelation 3.20 is that there's no handle on the outside of the door, and yet Jesus is standing at the door of your heart. Some say this is for salvation. I think that's an application, but I think the true meaning of this passage in the context is relationship. So here's the image. Every day, friends, Jesus is standing at your heart's door, knocking, saying, I want to be with you. (laughs) But we have to open the door. And we have to be willing to say, Lord, I, I desire your presence. I want to spend this time with you. So we find God, God's presence in stillness. We find it also in his word. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Friends, we experience God's presence in his word. Another place that we find God's presence is in worship and in relationship with other Christ followers. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, and I would encourage you, and you did this morning, to do that, to come here to worship together. Some people, they say, oh, it's below 15 degrees, I'm just going to throw the electric blanket back over me and I'll, I'll not go to church today. But you folks came today. And let me encourage you as you begin this new year to say, I want to be in fellowship and relationship with other believers. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. As we meet with other Christ followers, we can experience the presence of God. 
I'm reminded of a, of a man by the name of Bartimaeus in the New Testament in Mark chapter 10 who so pursued Jesus. Bartimaeus was a blind man, and in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 51, it says, As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, whenever Jesus is in his teaching ministry, this is just before the, the uh, Palm Sunday, he's there and people are following him. And Bartimaeus, this blind man, a beggar, was sitting on the roadside, and he, when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David. What he was saying was, this is the Messiah when he said, son of David. He's screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those that were beside him said, be quiet, Bartimaeus, don't bother him. And yet he yelled all the louder. <laughs> and then Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Now if I were blind, I would be more like gently jumping up and then kind of walking, but not Bartimaeus. He so wanted the presence of Jesus and, the, and to be able to talk to Jesus that he sprung up, throws his coat off and comes to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what an amazing question. <laughs> what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, teacher, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. And then I love these words. And Bartimaeus began to follow Jesus on the way. Not only did he want to see Jesus, but he, he continued to follow him on, on the journey. Bartimaeus proclaimed Jesus the Messiah, received his sight, and fo followed the Savior. As we begin a new year, let me encourage you to pray Moses' bold prayer and ask God to show you his ways and to guarantee you his presence. Finally, Moses, in this bold prayer, says to God, show me your glory. Show us your glory. Exodus 33, 18 to 23. Moses said, please show me your glory. Now, glory is a word that we use for Michael Jordan and his six NBA championships, for Aaron Rodgers and his two MVP trophies. We use it for people in entertainment, for their accomplishments. We talk about their glory, but the word glory means weight. It means substance. It doesn't mean cotton candy. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a term with weight. And God is the sum of his attributes he, is, he, he possesses glory. There's a weight to him. In verse 19, God says this, I will make all my goodness pass before you and you will proclaim me uh, and will proclaim before you my name, which is the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you can stand in this rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of this rock and I'll take my hands and I'm going to cover you. And until I have passed by, then I will take away my hand and you will see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Now, not a literal back, but the glory of God was going to pass by Moses. 
And Moses' bold prayer for God to teach him his ways and to guarantee his presence moved into this more bold request and asking God to show him his glory. Charles Spurgeon, thinking of Moses, this great preacher, said that when he asked this, that he was probably much like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration when Peter, James, and John went up the mountain with Jesus. Ironically, Moses and Elijah were there. There's a voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. There's a moment of silence, I somewhat think, in my mind. And Peter, who was an extrovert, couldn't stand the silence and says, let's build three tabernacles and just stay up here. And you can almost see Jesus shaking his head and saying, not so, we've got work to do, boys. And yet that same thing that Moses was wanting to experience is what Peter was wanting to experience. And he probably didn't even know what he was asking for, but he wanted more of God. So whatever Moses had experienced with God, he now wanted more. The more one knows God, the more desirous one is to know God. Moses asked to see the glory of God, and God promised to show him his, his goodness. You see, friends, God's glory is revealed in his goodness. When Moses saw the glory of God, his first understanding was that God is good. God is good. If we don't know that God is good, we don't know much about him at all. God was about to reveal himself to Moses in a very unique way. God prepared the event carefully, giving Moses a specific place to stand here on Mount Sinai. Elijah, I believe, may have met God in this very same place in 1 Kings chapter 19 because he was there and God's glory passed by and it wasn't until a soft whisper that he experienced the glory of God. And God's glory could not remain in front of Moses. It had to pass by or he would be consumed. Moses had to be protected by the hand of God in the cleft of the rock when the glory of God passed before him. What a comforting image. Can you see it? Protected by the hand of God, hidden away in the rock of refuge that God had provided. This picture was the inspiration of the famous hymn, Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Protected by God, Moses could endure the glory of God as it passed by him. With these special protections, God revered, re rewarded and revealed this desire of Moses to see his glory as much as is humanly possible. This demonstrates that God rewards a seeking heart. And friends, I I think so much of this prayer is part of a desire of our heart in 2023 to have God show us his ways, to guarantee us his presence when he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but yet that we have to open the door and allow him to be able to have a relationship with us. As marvelous as this experience was for Moses, it still cannot compare the revelation of God given to us in Jesus Christ. You say, John, how do, I, how do I see the glory of God today? It's in the person of Jesus Christ. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Paul goes on to say that we who have come to faith in Christ have unveiled faces, boldly looking at Christ who is the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, and we all, with unveiled face, 
beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I'd like to invite the worship team to come up. And as we close the service this morning, I want to encourage you that we see God for who he is. The act of seeing, of understanding the nature of Christ begins the process through which God transforms his children into the image of Christ. What I'd like to do in our closing moments here is for us to together, not out loud, but quietly where you're seated, is to begin this bold prayer to God in 2023, asking him for these things. So I will lead you in this this time of prayer. As we begin, ask God to show you his ways for this coming year. Maybe you have something in your life that you need direction. Ask God specifically to show you his ways. As you begin 2022, 2023, excuse me, ask God to guarantee you his presence. Say, God, I don't want to go anywhere unless you go with me. Ask him for his presence. God, in this new year, I want to see your glory. I want to see you on display in my family, in my community, in my church, in my place of employment. In my very life, I want to see your glory put on display. thank you that you are faithful. You are faithful to Moses to show him your ways, to promise him your ever abiding presence, and that God, you showed him your glory. And God, how we ask that for our individual lives, for our families, for our church, so that, God, we can give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And we ask this in the powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.